Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, and thanks for listening to another podcast of 50 Shades of K. I'm your host, Elizabeth K. And this podcast today is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Today, we're going to be talking about postpartum depression. Earlier this year, Chrissy Teigen, married to John Legend, model, she revealed that she struggled with postpartum depression after she had her daughter, Luna. And we started talking about it here at the radio station, how a topic like this still unfortunately seems to be taboo and it shouldn't be. This is something that a lot of women struggle with. So we reached out on our Facebook page and we were shocked with how many women reached out to talk to us. And these women wanted to share their story in hopes of educating people and giving women hope that it can get better and what they did to pull through out of a really tough time. One of the women that reached out to me on Facebook is Amy, who's here in studio with me right now. Thanks for joining me, Amy. Thank you for having me. You and I talked on the phone a couple days before we sat down to record this podcast, and I heard a little bit about your story, but I was really, really taken back by how candid and honest you were just on the phone about some of your struggles and hope for people that are listening to this podcast that it can get better and how you've gotten help. So if you could just take a second, Amy, to tell us what is your story and what kind of happened with you when you were dealing with postpartum depression? My story starts out with me actually dealing with depression and anxiety. Um, when I was in college, I was in a relationship that was very rough or really abusive, very hard for me to go through. And I started getting a lot of depression, anxiety. I wasn't sure what it was. And so I went to my doctor and my doctor was able to uh, subscribe a drug to me. I don't know if people have taken this drug before, but it's called Paxil. It's not a drug that I would ever take again. And so I got put on that. That relationship was not very good. It ended badly. So I was very sad, very upset. I ended up moving in with a friend. And then after I went through that path, I finished up college and I started a new path for myself. And as I had that path, everything from the past had made my, uh, I guess you would say my road stop for a little bit because I was so overwhelmed with everything that had happened to me. And I decided that it was time for me to do something that wasn't good for myself, but I went ahead and decided that it was, uh, I was not happy anymore. I was in a good relationship at the time, but for some reason I just couldn't pull myself up. I didn't know what I was doing. I guess you could say I was drowning. And I decided that um, I would take some pills. I decided to go ahead and do that. It wasn't the smartest thing to do, but I did. I was very lucky that day that the gentleman that I was dating came back home and took me to the emergency room and I was able to get help that day. Wow, how scary. It was very scary because my mom did, know, did not know anything about this. Neither did my father. They had to come to the hospital and find me there. As my life went on, I got a second chance. And this gentleman that was in my life became my husband. And then this was the man that you had kids with. I was very nervous when I had my daughter that the same thing would happen. That you would start going back to a dark place. That I might start to get depression and anxiety because I'd experienced it before. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But I I was okay. So I thought this mom thing was going to be okay. As our journey continued, we decided to expand our family and have another child. Well, this time it was more of a struggle for me because I had lost the baby. 
And it was one of the hardest things that I had ever gone through. When I went through this process and stuff, I was very depressed. I was having a lot of anxiety. But at this time, I knew how to reach out for help better this time. So I did go see a therapist and the therapist would talk to me a lot. And also I got to see a psychiatrist who went ahead and described uh, prescribed me a drug that was able to be taken and that would be done well with me because with the other drugs that I was on before, I decided to take myself off of and go cold turkey. And you shouldn't do that. Sure. And you really have a lot going on at this point. I was able to kind of get through that part of it. But when I lost the baby, I think it took a toll on my marriage a little bit. And it took a toll on myself and on my daughter because I just didn't really know what I was doing. But luckily, um, I was blessed with another child. And when I had my son, I was very happy to have him. And my family was complete. And then again, me trying to be the mom. I was a stay-at-home mom. And I had to keep up with both children. My now ex-husband decided that... Our life was going to be different, and he chose to take a different path as we were going through our marriage and decided to find other ways to be happy with other women besides myself. So you now have two children, yes, and you have a newborn, and you're dealing with, there's an affair, yes, and life clearly is just becoming almost out of control for you, and Mm -hmm. is this when you started to feel like that some of the anxiety was starting to creep back up? Yes, I did feel that way because as we talked on the phone, I was there in the situation, but it was like I was telling you, it was like a movie where I was just sitting there watching everything fly by me. And I was able to do things, but I wasn't really taking note of what was going on around me. And I loved your metaphor when you did tell me that over the phone. So I'm mm-hmm. glad you mentioned it here, Amy, that you felt like you were watching a movie. And think about when we watch movies, we're kind of participating in a way because we're experiencing a little bit of emotion and we can see what's going on on the screen. But we're not actually in the movie. And in your case, you felt like you actually weren't participating in life, but you mm-hmm. were present, you were there, you were watching all of it. Mm-hmm. Was there anything like an example that you can give us that you can remember where you sort of realized, hey, I'm not really present with all of this right now. Probably because besides going to therapy and stuff, sometimes it's good to exercise and do that too, because that's something that I had learned too. So on Saturday mornings, when I was able to, um, I would go and exercise. But then when I'd come back, I was back to my reality of being a mom of two. And my son at the time, I was a, a mom that nursed. And that's all that he would do. He would not take bottles or anything. So I just felt like I was just sitting there, taking all my time for him and my daughter. And there wasn't really any time for me because I did not have the support um, that you're supposed to have from your husband to help me take care of my children. Sure. So like we would go to the park and I'd be watching my children play at the park and I would start crying because there was something missing. I wasn't myself. I wasn't there. Like we planned an event one time and it was to go see um, those skating, the ice skating shows, like the Disney ones. And I was sitting there watching this show and I'm just sitting there watching everybody. Everybody's happy. They're smiling. They're laughing. They're having a good time. And I'm sitting there trying to smile and show my excitement for my children. And I remember that we took a picture of all of us together. And I know by looking in this picture, my face, my eyes, It was all fake. Wow. And I could tell that because sometimes I can look back at pictures when I'm going through different phases in my life and I can see now those phases, what they are. And did you feel like you couldn't speak up about it? Because there is still this, it's still a taboo topic because I feel like there are moms that kind of say, well, that's being a mom. 
You have to sacrifice. You have to do so much for your kids. You have to put them first. And they kind of have this pull up your bootstraps and just deal with it. Mm -hmm. But I feel more and more now that women are talking about things like postpartum depression that are Mm -hmm. very real, that it's not that easy. It really isn't. There is an element of needing to get outside help. And Mm -hmm. you felt it sounds overwhelmed and just kind of at a really low point. Yes, I was because I did have my mom there to support me, but she lives in a different state. But it was really hard because she didn't understand why I was so upset, even though I had lost a baby and my life had gone on and I had my son and my daughter and I was okay with my two kids. But I would still, you know, I still felt a lot of sadness and hurt from that. And so I knew because of what had happened previously in my life that I knew it was okay to go to the therapist and I was going to therapy a lot more. And it was sad because as we went through this progress, as I was saying, you know, my ex decided to do his own thing. So we, of course, ended up going through a divorce. So when that happened, um, I think what it is, is that when you hit one depression, like I did in college, where you hit so low at that point in time, you know when it's coming up again. Right. So you could feel this as you were going through your divorce. I could feel it. And it was the most horrible feeling in the world just to feel I was a single mom. I wasn't working and I was getting a whole new life set for me. My whole life got turned upside down. And you didn't perhaps want it. I mean, someone sort of decided this for you. So you were making a complete U-turn. Yes, I was. And I knew that I had to be strong as my next chapter in my life was coming up. I had to be strong because I was the mom in the situation and I knew I was the mom and I knew that I could not sit there and cry. My children were older now. My daughter was old enough to understand that I was hurt at times. And I knew that when she would see me and say, well, why are you crying? And so I realized, you know what? My daughter's watching me. That means my son is too. I need to do something. And what would you say to your daughter when she would ask you these questions? Would you explain any of this to her? Um, Well, some of it she knew because we were going through a divorce and she knew that I was a little bit sad. And but what I told her, though, and I've told her several times, too, because we all do have bad days. But I have told her before I said, you know, this is something that mommy's going through. Mommy's okay. It's just that mommy's really sad right now because I feel that with my children, I try to be honest with them as best as I can for at least for their understanding. Because they can tell. Mm-hmm. They can completely tell when you're just lying to them or making something up. But mm-hmm. there is a really delicate way of explaining something like this because you probably don't want your daughter to feel like it's her fault or she Mm-mm. caused this. Yeah. And still to this day, I just tell her that, you know, mommy and daddy love her very much as long with her brothers as well. But we're just better off being friends and not living together. And so now you're back in therapy. Did you do this on your own or did someone close to you speak up and say, hey, Amy, I'm worried about you. I knew when this divorce had happened, I could feel it coming up. So I did go into therapy and stuff like that. And it's been a really big part for me. Um, You do have to find the right therapist that you fit with, even if you have to go through a few. You absolutely you do. do, Amy. And you and I talked about that on mm-hmm. the phone. And we I've done other podcasts here on 50 Shades of K. We've talked about therapy. And I'm someone that goes to therapy also. And I feel for anybody that is struggling with something, just go to therapy. Mm-hmm. My friend Katie said it perfectly. It is like chicken soup for your soul. It just <laughs> yeah. makes you feel... It makes you feel better. It's an outside party. But yes, going through a couple of them, there's nothing wrong with that. And Mm -hmm. even though a lot of times we may be people pleasers, you have to find the right fit for you. And therapists understand that. As I found, I had a therapist I loved who went on and took another job. And so I was at square one and I had to go through two other therapists to find the Mm -hmm. one that I have now 
because you want it to be a good match. So I, I love that you brought that up because there's nothing wrong in mm-hmm. kind of doing your homework and seeing a couple people before you find the right fit. The thing that I like about where I go is that they also do have the psychiatrist there and they're the ones that are able to help you get the proper medication. And some people don't know the difference between that. Mm-hmm. So the psychiatrists are the ones, like you said, that can prescribe the medication. Yes. And the therapists are the one that you can sit down and talk through some of these issues. Mm-hmm. And I wish that was something that I would have really understood when I started my battles with depression and really? everything in the very beginning because my own doctor that I went to so just family for, doctor yeah my family OB? doctor family was doctor. the one that started me along the lines of the Paxil the drug that just kind of messed me up and when I had started going through my struggle when I was married my family doctor at the time decided to kind of help change stuff because I'd gone into a different um, prescriptions and things like that and the doctor that I had my family doctor she started to mess with it And it messed me up more than anything because I was at the point where I couldn't function. The medication wasn't working right. I was tired all the time. I was crying all the time. It was the most horrible experience that... It wasn't a good fit for you. No, it was reminding me of how I was back in my college days. So it was nice that when I did meet the therapist that I have now, I was able to meet a psychiatrist and she was actually able to hear my story and know what I've been on and was able to help me because she was able to add stuff that helped me. I think that helps me more daily get through some of the other struggles that I deal with, you know, and sometimes people are embarrassed because they are on medication or they go to a therapist. But if it wasn't for that type of thing for me, sometimes I don't want to maybe always feel like, oh, I'm going to be on something forever. But sometimes I think it's something that I have to realize that it's something that does help me And it keeps me stable for myself and my children. Does that bother you when people will say, well, just stop taking the medication? Or maybe it is because of the medication. Do you hear things like that? Yes. And it does bother me at times because sometimes I like to be like, well, if I don't want to take it, I don't have to. But then in the back of my head, in my mind, I know that. But see, sometimes I feel that people that do go through depression, anxiety, postpartum and things like that, that society looks back at you and thinks that, oh, yeah, you can have a a pill that will help you. Oh, you can do this. You can do that. But then people look at you down sometimes for taking medication or trying to get help because they think, you know, you could do it yourself and they they don't understand. They perhaps feel like you're weak. Yes. I feel like it's so far from the truth because for someone like you that has struggled with this and is raising these two kids, was going through a divorce, had lost a baby, Mm -hmm. single mom. I don't see weak in any of that. I see a lot of strength in that. And it's unfortunate because society likes to put a big label on everybody. And every single person is so different. Mm -hmm. That's why you want to say, hey, walk in my shoes for an hour, for a week, and then tell me exactly how you think I should be dealing with this. And it's why I love that we're doing this podcast because everyone's story is different. Mm -hmm. And for someone that's listening to this right now that maybe feels like Amy's telling my story. I feel like Amy, but they're lost. They don't know what to do. What would you suggest to someone like that? I would suggest to that person to reach out and try to find a therapist. If they couldn't, you can ask your family doctor because sometimes they do are able to refer you. And also you might have friends or something like that, but you shouldn't be afraid to speak out. Also, I'm very lucky because I do have my mom and I do have um, an important person in my life, uh, my boyfriend. And he knows now, like I was telling you before, if I start feeling these issues, like I feel sad or I feel like something's going to be coming up, it's sad 
said, once you do hit the depression, anxiety level, your body knows that you're able to handle it. But sometimes, you know, it's coming. And when you know what's coming, if you don't have that therapist, if you have a, a family member or somebody significant in your life to be able to tell them, because like I told you on the phone, I do that. If I'm having a really rough time and I know it's coming up and I can feel it, I'll call my mom. My mom tells me, well, make sure you're seeing your therapist, make sure you're doing this. I'll tell my boyfriend and he'll be there to help and guide me, you know, just because you need that support and you shouldn't be afraid to um, speak up and get support because that's what keeps me going. And now when I look around at my life, I have two beautiful children. I have my family. Mm -hmm. Everything's going good for me, but I still do have that dark cloud that will follow me. But I'm I feel that the way I can get rid of my dark cloud is by going to my therapy, by taking my medications and by having a good support system. It's okay to feel low. It's okay to have your days, but you got to be able to, you know, pick yourself up and keep going because, you know, there's so much more to life than feeling down and sad. Sure, Right. And you have these two kids that, mm-hmm. that need you very much. I mean, I can see in your eyes, you, you love your daughter and you love your son. He's your rainbow baby. I'm so happy that he is here. He's got spunk. He's got everything. And when I have a bad day, it's so nice to look over and see my children because they bring so much happiness to me. And thank goodness that you had the strength and the courage to go get the help that you need so that you can be in a place like this right now Mm -hmm. to talk about it on a podcast. And I'm sure this can be a little nerve wracking for you because this is your deepest, darkest moments in your life that now are leading to some of your best moments in your life with your kids. But to speak so candidly about it is why I wanted you to to come in, Amy, because you're so honest. And that can only help more people because in a moment like that, people feel very alone. They feel alone, they feel shame, they feel embarrassed, and they mm-hmm. feel hopeless. And there are people listening to this that are in that spot right now that hopefully are going to hear your story and find that it's okay to speak up and say, this is too much. I can't handle this alone. Because mm-hmm. it takes a village. It takes a village with kids, whether you're struggling with depression or not. It does take the help, like you said, of good doctors and a good support system. And I'm so glad that you have that now Mm -hmm. because you are in a place, I feel like, based on talking to you the last couple of times, where you recognize when it's coming up, you know what to say to your support system, and perhaps, am I wrong, does it not last as long now because you kind of have your routine of this is what I need to do? Yeah, it's it's very short-lived. I could say feeling yucky on Monday, but by Wednesday, I'll be better. But I think it's just because of the skills that I've given myself. And like you said, it's okay to feel sad, but there's so much more. I mean, if I didn't change my ways, if I wasn't able to do everything and turn everything around after my divorce and get a job and do what I'm doing and being in the place where I am right now, I wouldn't be sitting here. And I'm just so grateful that I am here. I'm grateful that I have turned myself around. I'm very proud of myself. I'm hard on myself, but I'm very proud of myself because I've come a long way this these past couple of years. And um, I think anybody can do this. It's going to be a hard fight, but you can do it. You can't give up on yourself because you got to do it for yourself first. And you do have your supports and your doctors and different things like that. But, you know, just to look back at myself and right now, I'm very happy at what I'm doing and how I'm at and very proud of myself. But I know I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for support and the different things that I have. So, I mean, well said, you gave me goosebumps when you said you got to do it for you and that you're proud of yourself because that is such good self dialogue. Mm -hmm. We're also hard on ourselves. We have this tape that plays in our heads sometimes. And a lot of times it's, it's women where we're so hard on ourselves that we're not enough 
and we're not doing it the best way. But you said it. You're proud of yourself. And that is a great takeaway that we all should have a moment of saying, hey, pat ourselves on the back. Mm-hmm. But I'm mm-hmm. glad that you're in a place that you can say that. Now I know that it's okay to speak up. I mean, you should speak up for yourself because you're your own person. You know, no matter what's going on in your life, you've got to speak up for yourself because you're the one that's going to make it happen. And my gosh, for people that feel like that's weakness, I don't know what makes anyone weak. I mean, break it down in its simplest form. If I am carrying 12 bags of groceries and I can't open the door and I say to someone, can you grab the door? Does it make me weak? No, Mm-mm. it's science. Look at I'm carrying 12 bags of groceries. I can't take all that on. I can't open the door for myself. So it's okay to ask for help in life. There's really no shame in any of that. And that's, Amy, what you're really trying to talk about today, that there really is no shame in doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, what is your hope for your kids? Mm-hmm. And I see you tearing up as I ask you that because that's a heavy question. But really, what is your hope for those two kids? Well, for both of them, I want them to be very independent individuals, never be afraid to ask for anything. But I just want them to be very successful individuals and walk away just knowing when they walk out of my house someday, which, you know, you don't want them to. But when they do, I want them to walk away knowing that they can do anything and everything that is out there for them, that they have me to support them. I don't care what they do. I'll always be there to support them. They can never do wrong. But just that they are happy and doing what they want to do, no matter what happens, no matter if they go down a long, scary road. My mom was there. She's still there. And I will continue to do that for my kids. Oh, Amy, they're lucky to have you. Thank you. They're lucky to have a mom like you because you fought for you and for them. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're here today. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to come here and chat with me and for everyone that's listening, because this, this this shouldn't be taboo anymore. It shouldn't. This is a real thing that happens to many, many women, and it's okay, and you're not alone. And we've linked up at 991themix.com some resources and books and websites and places to go if you feel like you are struggling with postpartum depression. Definitely take a look at that at 991themix.com. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe so you can be updated when there's a new episode. So to subscribe to this podcast on your smartphone, open your podcast app or use your Google Play app. In the search box, type in 50 Shades of K. Now the 50 is spelled out, so it's five zero Shades of K. Once a podcast comes up, click on it and then hit the subscribe button. And as always, if you have any comments or suggestions for this podcast, feel free to email me at elizabethkradio at gmail.com. That's elizabethkayradio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.